0: Hey, welcome to The Quest. Let me be the first to say Happy New Year. I hope that this is the best year that you have, and I hope that you experience All of God's blessings in your life this year. Thank you for being with us, especially if you're checking us out. If you're checking us out, we always encourage our guests to scan the QR code. That QR code will allow you to connect with us in the way that you want to. We understand a lot of people like to watch from the back row, like to check us out with as little human contact as possible. And if that's you, we understand. We're just glad that you're with us. We also know that a lot of people watch and they do want a connection, even if you watch on a regular basis, This is the way to connect with us when you're watching online. If you like to give online, if you'd like us to pray with you about something, if you'd like to take next steps in your walk with God, this QR code is probably the best way to allow you and connect you to those steps and allow you to do that. We just want to remind everybody also that all of our talks are available in podcast form. All you have to do is search Fresno Quest Church and you'll find us there. So before we get into the talk today, how about if we have a word of prayer first, If you can, you want to close your eyes, feel free to do that. If not, let's just pray together. Father, we love you and we are so honored to get to do life with you. We are so honored to be the recipients of your love. And Father, I just ask first and foremost, as we begin a new year, that Father, you would open our hearts to all that you have for us. And Father, that even today, that this would be a first step of many steps in our lives, not steps that earn us your approval, steps that draw us close to you. Father, I ask that you would help us and open our hearts, that we can experience you, we can experience your love, we can experience your faithfulness in our lives. And so, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for each person that's listening. And and the things that are going on in their lives, you understand. I ask that you would step in and I ask that you would give them faith and peace and joy and hope. Father, that you would Be with them in just the way that they need you, in a very substantial way. I ask that they would experience you as the sustenance of their life. Father, we love you. We just ask you to speak into our hearts today, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Like I said, Happy New Year, and I hope you had a great Christmas. Listen, before we get into the talk today, let me just make a couple of statements about some things. And that is, first of all, the beginning of the year often triggers people and inspires people to begin new journeys, new steps, new directions for their lives, lives that allow them to deal with maybe addictions or addiction to sin. And if that's you, we have Life Recovery Group at the Quest that I would encourage you to Call the office and get information about. It's an opportunity to bring God into your addiction of sin and allows you to take a new direction, new steps with Him. Also, coming up really soon on the 9th of January, we are beginning our 21 day of prayer and fasting. This is something that we do every single year. It's a way that we bring in the new year as a church, and we do this with many other churches here in the Central Valley. This is about giving up something so that we can use that time to better connect with God. We're hoping that you'll participate and there's some things online. You can go to our resource page and there are handouts that you can download if you would like to know more about what fasting looks like, even though we're gonna be talking about that today as well. I would just hope that you would be a participant in this because it is so important in your life. Well, I'm glad that you're here. We're beginning a brand new series today titled Ducks in a Row. Getting your ducks in a row speaks to establishing right priorities that take you in a desired direction, that that lead you in a desired outcome. Ducks in a Row is about doing all the little things that are necessary that allow us to accomplish the big thing or, or the main thing in our life. As Christ followers, God has some great things that he wants to do in our lives this year. And this is more than a a resolution that we make at the first of the year because a resolution speaks to what do we want to change in our lives rather than what does God want to change in our lives. How do we get clarity for what God wants to accomplish and do in our lives this year? It's about getting these ducks in a row that position us so that we can experience the fullness of God. I'm not talking about having everything figured out because our walk with God is a walk of faith. We never know what this year is going to bring. It's going to bring good and bad. Typically, humanity makes attempts at the beginning of the year to start the new year off with the right foot. So we make resolutions. We make plans. And plans can be good. However, Scripture reminds us of a couple of things. First of all, it says this. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Another Scripture says we make our own plans, but the Lord decides where we go. It's not that our plans mean nothing. What it shows us is this. You can write it down. God has a plan and a destination for your life this year. God has a specific plan for you. He created you for a plan. The question is, are we open to where God wants to lead us? Do you have an awareness or a sense of what God wants to do in your life this year? See, as Christ followers, something you can write down is this. We want God's desires for us to be greater than our plans. Many times we are so focused on our plans that we miss God's plans, or maybe we're not even tuned in. So one of the ducks that we want to get in a row that position us so that we can experience all that God has for us this year, so that we can be in tune to what God wants to do in our lives this year, is fasting. And I realize it's probably not the most popular subject to talk about, but I also realize it is a very powerful and necessary part of our spiritual lives. And a lot of people don't know a lot about it. So first of all, it's like fasting is key when you might be spiritually apathetic, when you might be inconsistent, or maybe you're stuck spiritually. Maybe you're in a dry place. Maybe you feel like your prayers aren't being heard, or you can't be who God desires you to be. Fasting is key when you're making important decisions in your life. Also, when you need or want greater faith. You might even have an addiction in your life that you can't seem to break, or maybe God is leading you into a ministry. All of these are key times to implement fasting in our life. So let's look at a definition first of all so that we know what we're talking about. First of all, fasting is this. It's voluntarily abstaining from food and or something for a period of time. And what it shows us is something you can write down is this. It's a discipline that shifts our appetite from here to Him. It moves our desires and appetites from this world to God Himself. I mean, so much of our appetites are consumed in this world. They become very selfish. But our appetite, a lot of times, is not for God. And this turns our desires, it turns our appetites towards God. Another important issue to write down is this, prayer is always a part of fasting. I mean, fasting without prayer is just a diet, but when you add prayer to it, it becomes a very strong spiritual discipline in our lives. See, when we fast without prayer, we eliminate the spiritual benefit of fasting and prayer. So the goal of fasting is this, you could write down, the goal of fasting is to draw closer to God. It gives us the ability to be more attentive to God. Biblical fasting always has to do with eliminating distractions for a spiritual purpose. It gives us clarity that our souls need to connect us to God. So something that we discover is this. A fast is not something that we do for God, but the discipline of offering ourselves to God. It's not a manipulative tool to get something from God or to show God that we are really serious. It's not a hunger strike because a hunger strike tries to get God to submit to our demands. That's not what fasting is. Fasting helps us submit to God's demands. In fact, something you can write down is this. Fasting must be the first and foremost an expression of our heart's longing for a greater intimacy with God. It comes from a desire that wants God to be first, most important in our lives. So something else you can write down is this. Fasting involves humility and repentance. It calls us to our knees. It calls us to be dependent on God. And here's a very important element of fasting that we tend to miss. You can write down, fasting doesn't just change what we eat. It should change how we treat people. Here's what God says. He says this, This is the kind of fasting that I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. Fasting is not just abstaining from something. It's also indulging in something else. It's a behavior that's different from the culture that we live in, from the world's behavior. The Bible talks about many different fasts. There's a complete fast, there's selective fast, partial fast, soul fast, there's a Daniel fast. And a lot of people alter these fasts based on medical conditions that they might have, or maybe they're just not personally in a place where they can abstain from food. So some will use a fast like stop using social media or maybe stop watching TV. And I would say you might not be able to do a complete fast, but you could do a meal for sure and add social media, TV, different things like that. But here's the thing, fasting is supposed to challenge us. It shouldn't be about what we think we can do or maybe what we want to do or even what's easiest to do. It's really about what is God Asking you to do. A lot of people are willing to fast what is easy or convenient and what I see in the scripture is the greater the fast the greater the result. What we do know is that fasting is a discipline that we see in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. We see it in people like Moses and Abraham but we also see it in the New Testament from Jesus himself, from his disciples, from Paul, but it really does seem to be a lost discipline of our day. And I'm not talking about doing fast from a legalistic standpoint, like it's going to earn you God's approval. It's not going to earn you God's approval. What it does is it disciplines us to be better connected and more in tune with God. So I want to look at an encounter that Jesus has where he identifies two issues that he sees in his disciples. And it might be reflective in our lives too. It probably is. A man approaches Jesus with a great need. And it says this, A man approached Jesus and knelt before him, Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Jesus has already given his disciples the authority, the ability to do what he's asked them to do, but they're stumped. Nothing was working for the disciples. And Jesus says this, He says, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Jesus uses two words I want us to look at so we know exactly what Jesus is saying. When Jesus uses these two words, you unbelieving and perverse generation, it identifies two issues that I believe still exist in us today. Just identifies two problems. And the first one you can write down. Unbelieving is not connected to God. And in other words, we can be disconnected from a faith-filled relationship with God. We become doubters. It's not that we don't have a connection with God. It's just not strong enough to produce faith in God. We don't spend adequate time in prayer or reading his word. And because of that, our connection with God is not enough to fill us with faith. In fact, we find it lacking in our lives. And what happens is when our faith is lacking, what we have a tendency to do is to disqualify ourselves rather than increase our faith. So our first issue a lot of times is we're not really connected to God. And that leads us to unbelief. Here's another thing that Jesus identifies, and he says this, it's perverse. In other words, it's too connected to the world. We get involved in things that dilute and pollute our connection and relationship with God. Throughout the scripture, we're told to be different from the world, set apart from the world. One of them is in James 1.27, it says this, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. For a lot of people, it's easier to fit into the world than to stand out in the world. We need to be reminded of this, that God desires us to be holy, to be set apart for Him, separate from the world, where we belong only to Him. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, For you are a chosen people, you are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Something I think that would be helpful for all of us to do, and that is to ask God, Lord, is there an area of my life where I'm not connected to you? Is there an area of my life where I have unbelief towards you? Lord, am I involved in something that connects me too much to the world? Am I doing anything that pollutes my heart? and my relationship to you, Father. Then listen for his response. The great thing is Jesus doesn't just identify the problem. He also offers the solution. It's found in verse 19. Let me read it for you. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. Remember, Jesus identifies two problems. You're unbelieving and perverse. And the solution is also two things we need prayer and fasting. Jesus says that our faith is affected by these two things. In other words, if your faith is weak, if your faith is small, if your faith is not great enough to believe in God, and that needs to increase, prayer and fasting increase our faith. So let's look at the solution that Jesus gives. What prayer does, you can write this down, prayer connects us to God. It brings us closer to God and it changes our unbelieving hearts. In fact, the more time we spend with God, the greater our faith will grow. The reason is, is that the more time you spend with someone, the more confidence you have with them. We have confidence with Him because we get to know Him. Again, it's not about putting your hours in. It's about really and truly getting to know Him. Opening your heart to Him, wanting to be close to Him. And I bet that every one of us could increase our prayer life to some degree. I know I could. I know this and you do too. When my prayer life is strong, my faith in God is strong because prayer connects us to God. But that wasn't the only problem. Remember, we need more faith for sure. But the other issue that he addressed is that we have this perversion in our lives, that we're perverse. We're too connected to the world. And the solution is this. Fasting disconnects us from the world. He simply wants us to disconnect from something that we currently see as important or something that we see as essential for something that is actually essential, something that is more important, than that's connecting with God himself. See, fasting is choosing not to do something for a season, for a period of time because it's become too important in our lives. We have to watch ourselves. We have to intentionally disconnect from the world when we see things becoming more important or too important in our life. Romans 12 says this, Do not be conformed to this world. First John says, Do not love this world nor the things that it offers you, for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Remember, our problem tends to be a connection problem. Not connected to God, and too connected to the world. So another thing fasting does, and you can write this down, is this. Fasting realigns our desires. Fasting brings our appetites and our desires into submission so that they're pleasing to God. Our appetites, desires, given free reign, will cause us to identify with the world rather than with God. They have to be dealt with and surrendered to God. Paul says it this way. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Our flesh, our will, our desires are at odds with God's spirit within us. They're constantly in conflict. Fasting weakens our fleshly desires and emotions so that we can let God's spirit lead us as it strengthens our connection with God. See, we need clarity, and clarity will happen only when, and you can write this down, when we stopped acting like the world. Clarity happens when we live the way God wants us to live, loving others, loving Him. When we live in the world but are not of the world, we live as citizens of heaven. Clarity also happens when our heart is undivided and loyal. There's no internal conflict We're not trying to live for God and fit into the world. We're not riding the fence. Our undivided loyalty is with God and for God. So as we get our ducks in a row for what God has for us and what God wants us to experience from Him and and where God wants us to be for this year and what He wants to do in our lives, I think some action steps we can take are these. The first one is this. Decide what kind of fast you will do. Don't just do what is easy. What is God asking of you? Because what God is asking of you generally correlates with his plan for you. In other words, whatever he's asking you to do or to give up may be the issue that's keeping you from him, from what he wants for you. Another action step is this. Set an objective. Have a plan. Pray about what you want to experience in this 21-day fast. What are you fasting for? What are you believing God for? And I would even encourage maybe another step that's very similar to it, and that's this. Believe God for specific needs. Allow it to be an opportunity to increase your faith, to exercise your faith, to increase your belief in God, to expand your belief in God. One more action step is this. Expect results. Faith expects God to act. It anticipates God's power to come through. Listen, remember, you're not fasting to earn God's approval. You're not fasting to earn your way into heaven or to work your way into heaven. It has nothing to do with that. You're fasting so that you have a greater connection with God. You're fasting so that you have a greater intimacy with God. You're fasting so that you have less of a connection with this world. And that allows us to live a holy life, a separate life. I want to encourage you to ask, what do you need God to do in your life this year? Maybe something that you've been struggling with. Maybe something that you've been believing for, but having a lot of doubts with. Something that you need more faith in maybe it's for a friend or a loved one maybe it's for yourself it could be a lot of different things just remember the greater the fast the greater the results not because it's a hunger strike or earns god's approval the results are a byproduct because fasting and prayer changes us and that's what we want we want a greater connection with god you might be listening today and have no connection with god you have not surrendered your life to God, I want to encourage you to do that. I'm going to pray right now. And this is a great time for you to pray and to say, God, I want you to be the center of my life and I want my life to be about you. I want you to establish a new purpose for my life. First and foremost, I need forgiveness of my life, my sin, because I've been at odds with God and I need God to take control of my life. I say this all the time, but God created you for this relationship. God created you specifically for a plan and a purpose that he has for you. And what's kept us from that is ourselves. We established our own plan. We established our own purpose and allowed that to supersede God's purpose and plan for our lives. It's time to surrender that and to make amends, to surrender our heart and our life to him. He's listening to you, so let's talk to him together. Father, we come to you, and I first and foremost thank you for those that are listening that wanna surrender their lives to you, that wanna begin a relationship with you. Father, as they set their faith in your son Jesus and his death on the cross for their sins, as they acknowledge that he died for them and he rose again, Father, I ask, as they put their faith in you, that you would not just forgive their sins, but breathe new life, that you would establish your purpose in their lives, that you would allow them and give them a fulfilling life, an abundant life. Father, I ask that you would help all of us. And as we begin this new year, that we would begin with a fast that draws us closer to you and connects us to you. Father, increase our faith, remove the doubt, and remove the distractions in our lives that have connected us to this world, I pray. Father, I know that you're speaking to all of our hearts today about what it is that you want us to fast for these 21 days. And I ask that you would make that abundantly clear and that you would help us to take those steps. And and Father, if we fail, we begin again because you are merciful. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I understand as we begin a fast and we're called to a 21-day fast, a lot of times we mess up. When you mess up, you don't just quit and say, that's it, I can't do it, I walk away. You, you might mess up, but at the same time, you get back up and you keep going. It's not about earning God's approval. Remember, it is about drawing us close. And the enemy is going to fight you at every step in this process. Because he doesn't want your connection with God to increase, and he doesn't want You to be disconnected from the world. He wants to be a part of clouding what God wants to do in your life to keep you from that. So if you mess up, get back up and continue the fast. It's going to be a great fast. And again, if you want more information, go to the resource page on our website and you'll find a brochure that you can download there. Our fast is from the 9th through I think the 30th, 31st, something like that of January. So I Just wanna encourage you to join us and be a part of it. I also wanna encourage you, if you're not in a connection group, you would get in a small group, group of believers where there's community, people praying for one another, people that are relying on one another, people that are doing life together. That is what we as a believing community do. That's what church is about. I wanna encourage you if you're not in one that you would get in one. Also want to thank you guys for your financial gifts as we begin the new year. Thank you for investing financially in God's vision for the Central Valley, Fresno, and Clovis area. Thank you for investing in what God's doing and for being a part of that. Listen, it's something that God rewards. God rewards your faith in doing that. I just want to say thank you from the church. Thank you as leadership for your trust in us and for your obedience to God. Just want to remind you, if you have anything going on in your life, you need someone to pray with you about, scan the QR code. That QR code will connect you to us and allow other people to pray with you. If you want to give online and there's all these different next steps that you can take if you want to get baptized and all those things, that QR code is a great way to do this. Listen, we are so grateful that you're a part of this online experience, so grateful that you take the time to be with us today and listen in. I know that God's got great things for you this year. I just want you to experience it. Listen, thank you guys so much for being with us today, making us a part of your day. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to be with us. We know that we will see you next week. God's very best to you.